Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Hello, everyone. Today on Movie Talk, we're discussing some new quotes from Terminator Dark Fate director Tim Miller. And on top of that, we've got an update on Sherlock Holmes 3. Guy Ritchie is not directing the movie. Instead, we are getting Dexter Fletcher, who just directed Rocketman. So they're doing a little swap on that project, and we're going to weigh the two. Do we like how that project is panning out? You're going to find out soon, because I'm discussing that topic and Terminator with Javi and Jay. What's up, guys? How are you? Happy I kind of like that, here. like just Jabby and Jay. Jabby and Jay on Thursday. Very easy. It, it, it flows. It flows. <laughs> you could just say JJ. And you wore a hat on top of that. What is the hat? You, I think oh, that you was, we I, mean, saw, I don't have a hat. Did See, you wear you, the hat last time? I don't wear hats. Okay. Uh, you have a very nice haircut. You Thank shouldn't you. put a hat yeah, on that. Yeah, you shouldn't put a hat on haircut. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I, just, wore, I wore a hat all through ninth grade, and I got afraid that it was, like, doing something to my hairline. That's what uh, you never so did. I'm like, again. I just don't wear hats that anymore. That is totally something that I would believe would keep you up at night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I I'm probably bald. have I the same problem. I'm bald. I don't need to have my head burning. So all just, right. <laughs> before this turns into uh, hat talk today, I don't know. That's kind of lame. Let's talk about Terminator Dark Fate instead. So we've got some quotes from Tim Miller, who's directing the movie, and he did an interview with Variety pre-Comic-Con panel, and there's a whole bunch of information here, and one of the quotes explained that before they brought in screenwriters, they did a writer's room with a bunch of novelists, and one of them was Joe Abercrombie, who pointed out that the Terminator films tend to have a trinity of main trio, um, of a main trio, a main hero characters, and that led to the idea that one of those three is usually a protector character, like the Kyle Reese character. Mm-hmm. So they said they want a new protector from the future who is a machine fighter. It's a painful life, and they're scarred, and they take a lot of drugs to combat the pain of what's been done to them. They don't live a long time. It's a very sacrificial role. They risk death to save others. That right there is Mackenzie Davis's character. So then Variety followed that up by asking him what he thinks that the San Diego Comic-Con audience is going to think of her character how are they going to receive Mackenzie Davis next week and this is the quote he gave if you're at all enlightened she'll play like gangbusters if you're a closet misogynist she'll scare the f out of you because she's tough and strong but very feminine we did not trade certain gender traits for others she's just very strong and that frightens some dudes you can see online the responses to some of the early s that's out there trolls on the internet i don't give an f Sorry, no, I, I, just I wasn't. I wasn't saying the words, Jay. I, I know. I just love hearing you just just self just edit yourself like a, 
Because you want to say it, because I know you want to yeah, say it. Yeah, but... a little bit, a little bit. Um, I feel like it takes out the full force of the yeah, quote without actually swap saying it. Out it. For flipping poop. That's okay, what I'm going gonna, gonna to adopt that policy next yeah. time. Uh, Jabby, you hear some quotes like this. What is your knee-jerk response, your first response to something like this? You picked the least controversial topic today. Yeah, Jeez. I understand that. <laughs> like, no one's feeling hot about this. <sighs> um, this is tricky, because... It's like you, if you're not on either extreme, you can get a lot of vitriol your way. And I feel like I'm always smack dab in the middle on everything. And growing up, I always wanted more female powerful characters. And what, what we're in the middle of right now is the we're in the throes of a trend of female powerful characters everywhere. Mm. And, and it's hard to tell between what's genuine and what's disingenuous. And that's what I'm always like skeptical about. And all I want from this is to be a good movie. Like, if, if it's an all-female cast, fine. I don't care. As long as it's a good movie and not just preaching to me. That's what I care about more than anything. I think I could get yeah. behind that. And whether we're talking about misogyny or, or anything, like, I, I think about, like, the teeny tiny ridiculous little details about my life that I consider not necessarily wrong, but something I can improve upon. Mm-hmm. And whether I'm intimidated by seeing that in a movie or not, as long as the movie is good and the movie challenges me to maybe rethink something... I'm all for it. So if he wants to push buttons in a positive way like that by showing a female force like her, I am all for it. Yeah, I just think more so it was Tim Miller just jumping ahead of it. Like, he already knows what he's going to get. He already knows what he's going to hear. Let me address it, get it out the way. Because if he does that, it, it doesn't come back to him. Like, what is the director going to do? What, are, what is the production studio going to do? How are they going to address this? Are they going to change anything? Granted, this comes out in November. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to change much one way or another. They'll do the regular edits that they were going to do in post-production. But people get nervous when you have situations like this. Like you said, it's one way or the other. Sometimes they feel if a studio is disingenuous and in the audience and the internet receives that then the studio goes back and tries to cut stuff real quick like oh man how can we fix this up for another trailer because not even for the the film for a trailer and i think tim miller just jumped ahead of all that like look this is how you're gonna feel so the hell what deal with it this is what you're getting I do like that he's standing his ground. And no matter what they're getting at here, I like the sound of what this protector character is. That is a fascinating predicament to me. This idea of completely sacrificing yourself and your life. And apparently this is just a purely sacrificial role with a short lifespan. I mean, can you imagine getting into the headspace of a character that decides to put that on themselves? Right. Just drinking and drugs and you just know your life is short no matter what. Your life is just one purpose, just protecting and that's it. Yeah, I mean, based on the article from Collider, it seems genuine. Like, with Tim Miller's objectives all feel very genuine. I like the idea, like you said, of him having this roundup of all these novelists to world build. I think all of that's super cool. I think where all this uh, vitriol is coming from is the notion that all these properties that used to belong to boys are getting hijacked by girls. And I think that's what's... But the thing about Terminator is you've always had a strong female front and center, which is Linda Hamilton, who I'm happy to see back. I Mm -hmm. think that's awesome. But the thing with Terminator is, like like Collider pointed out in their article, it's just like, we have been suffering through a lot of bad Terminator films. And one of the things that has frustrated me is that we're always sticking with the Connor family and the T-1000. And it's like, this Terminator is such a huge universe, and we keep going back to the same people. 
But I'm happy to, that being said, I'm yeah. happy to see Linda Hamilton back, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where her story is. Well, I'm kind of caught in the middle on stuff like that. Like, in the case of Terminator, especially once they introduced the retcon idea, then all of a sudden some hope for me was restored with the characters that we knew and loved mm-hmm. before. Whereas, you know, certain other franchises, I mean, in particular, I'm thinking about Star Wars. It's just the second you kind of handcuff yourself to a pre-existing character and the expectations that come with that character, you kind of stifle your creative opportunities. And I think that can hurt certain franchises. I still think there's potential here, though. I believe in this one. I think the thing is you do stifle it, but the problem becomes then when they realize they're stifled, they all of a sudden try to jump out and like, oh, man, there's other parts of this universe we can explore. But you've had... Terminator tried like to. You got to make the mistakes. You got you to make what is it two three times over, and then you're like, "Oops, let's try the other well, way." Let's now. try the other way. But it, I think with this one, you've shown that there are different Terminator variations. But yeah, of course, we go back to Connor. The Connors, no matter what, mm-hmm. yeah. it's the Connors, the Connors, and I think this will probably be Sarah Connor's swan song. This will be the one where we finally just unfortunately kill her off. She Han Solo's out. She Han Solo's <laughs> out. You know, her and Arnold go out together in a blaze of glory. And that may be how we move this franchise forward. Now with Mackenzie Davis's character, depending on how long she lives as well. So Mackenzie Davis is the coolest. I mean, they could have I think they could have described this role any which <laughs> way. And I'm like, as long as she picked that role, I'm all for it. Yeah. When the articles were first coming out about like all female cast, there was my skeptical hat going, OK, why are they doing this? And just, I'm just curious, like, why this? Is this for the purposes of a good storytelling thing, or is it just virtue signaling? That's always my question. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, I'm happy. Like, this looks cool to me. I'm excited about it. And, you know, it, you know, it looks interesting. I'm very into it, and I think the pressure is on this particular movie, maybe more so than any other movie at Comic-Con, because the fact that we don't have very many movie studios bringing big properties to the event, minus Marvel, means... There's still more spotlight to go around. Marvel doesn't hit the stage until the end of the day on Saturday. So Mm -hmm. if Terminator opens up Hall H on Thursday morning and they have a Mad Max Fury Road-like effect with their footage, that could be a great start to their promotional campaign. Do you think, though, no matter what their footage is, how good it is, there still will be backlash because of this quote from Tim Miller? I have a feeling that between now and then, obviously, I don't know what's going to be said at yeah. that particular panel, but I, I don't think this is going to follow that. I don't, okay. I, don't, I don't think there's going to be any backlash from this kind of comment. I feel like, if, if anything, it's rallying the troops for support. Yeah, but because we, we get those, I, I agree wholeheartedly, yeah. but we get some of those who just want to say, well, see, he said this, and this is why it looks like this and why people feel like that. You know, it's a rarity, but it does happen. And that's a, that's a slight concern. I feel like the Internet is supporting this this kind of uh, uh, commentary right now mm-hmm. from Tim Miller. I feel like everyone's in support of him. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of people coming out of the woodworks, you know, hating on it because it's all females or whatever. Right. But like, I feel like what he's doing is is perfectly supported. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that could that's, be that's my that could be the beauty of it in the end. I mean, whenever you're discussing a touchy topic like this, there's always people on opposite sides of the spectrum. And could you imagine if a Terminator movie wound up bringing everyone together and wound up being a major crowd pleaser? I would like that. Yeah. All right. Hopefully you know what does, else ho- I would like? Hopefully it does better than Ghostbusters. Well, ooh, ooh. all right. Not going to touch that one today, ooh. but I am going to tell you a little bit about some programming you could expect to see on a Collider today, like Jedi Council. Here's our promo. Hello, how are you guys doing? I'm Christian Harloff. I'm the host of Collider Jedi Council. We talk about everything Star Wars. And if you want to catch our weekly show where we talk about the latest and greatest in Star Wars, it's movie news, it's canon, it's all of it. We take questions from you guys. 
How do you do it? Main channel. That's right, right here. Subscribe to this channel and you can listen. You can watch. You can do all of it. But if you want to just listen to it, you got the podcast feed too. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, you can listen to it in your car. Do all of it. It's Star Wars. Episode 9 is coming out. And then after Episode 9, you got TV shows. So we're going to be your sports center for Star Wars. Do it. Come on. Be real. In addition to Jedi Council, we also have a Lion King review up on the channel right now. I did that one with Dorian Park, so check that out. And then on top of that, another review is coming your way, I think, immediately after Movie Talk. And you know what it's for, Jay? What? The movie that you have to see this. You all have to see it this weekend. It's for Crawl. Crawl. Go see that movie, but also watch our review, even though I just spoiled it. I felt you and Haley's all emotion through your tweets back to back as soon as you guys came out of it. I can't go beyond the comments I've already made, but I hope my enthusiasm for that movie is radiating out through the room and through your screen right now. All right, story number two. We're talking about Sherlock Holmes 3, a movie that I thought was never going to happen. I guess it's still not guaranteed it's going to happen, but we've got an update on the project from Variety. They're reporting that Dexter Fletcher has come on board to direct Sherlock Holmes 3. Robert Downey Jr. is on board to star as Holmes, and Jude Law is expected to return as Watson. Per Variety, Warner Brothers had always planned on making a third film. However, Downey's busy schedule as Iron Man prevented any new filming for the series. All right, before we even tackle that little quote there, what do you guys think about this director swap? Because when I picture these Sherlock Holmes Holmes movies, they are very much tied to Guy Ritchie's style. And I can't quite figure out whether my prediction is for Dexter Fletcher to kind of try to mimic that style or maybe (laughs) do his own thing and how I would feel about that. So where do you fall on that? I'm kind of nervous because it's like you have this theme going. You have a theme, you have a style, and then you bring a whole other director in. That's entirely new style. You don't want a director copying a style that's already done. You want them to put their own flair on it, their own spin on it. So Dexter Fletcher must have come in the door and said, hey, I've got this idea to make it look like this and do this with it. And Robert Downey Jr. and Joel Silver and everybody else was like, okay, that's the only thing I can think of currently because... It's such a specific style. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm always rooting for a director to, to swoop in and take creative control and do his or her mm. own thing. But in this case, it's just that iteration of Sherlock Holmes feels so tied to Guy Ritchie. I have full confidence he'll be fine. Um, I saw Rocketman. I, I'm, he's a very competent director. Oh, yes. He did a good job with that, and I feel like he'll do a good job with this. My feelings about Guy Ritchie might be different from y'all's <laughs> because I loved him as a kid. I loved Lockstock. I mm-hmm. loved Snatch. And I loved his B&W short film that he did with Madonna. And then he made this movie called Revolver, which nobody saw, but I did because I'm a huge guy. I was a huge Guy Ritchie fan. Keyword was. <laughs> and I, and I, the thing is, I saw that there was this fall that happened. He went through this thing, and I, it's, just been, it's just been that ever since. And mm-hmm. so when I watched Sherlock Holmes, I'm like, this doesn't feel as energetic as Snatch and Lockstock for me. It feels a little bit empty and like everyone's happy about it. But then Sherlock 2 comes out and people aren't as happy about it. I'm like, yeah, I, that's how I felt about the first one. <laughs> and then I, sw- I saw Aladdin, which you liked. And I was liked. like, you, you, okay. I so, was very much in, in the middle teetering positive. I was definitely not in the middle yes, on I Aladdin. Know that. <laughs> and it, it, was, it had that same hollowness that I've been you know, frustrated with Guy Ritchie about for years now. And I, I keep hoping he'll be reborn and do Snatch and Lockstock again. I mean, that kind of energy yeah. and enthusiasm behind film. Because I don't know if he loves it anymore. He's still doing it, but I don't know if he's in love with making movies anymore. I wonder if it's just the franchise effect. Like when it's something that, that isn't original and something that he can't, you know, fully make his own. Yeah. I don't know, but I can kind of understand where you're coming from. Because even though this is a pretty hot franchise that we keep talking about, I like those movies. 
but I've seen them once and I don't plan on revisiting them. Exactly. And I also, I also don't plan on revisiting them until this feels like a sure thing. And even though Dexter Fletcher, an accomplished director, and it's a good sign that he's on board, mm-hmm. I am still not convinced this is even going to happen. Because, again, going back to they, they were always intending on making a third film, but because of Robert Downey Jr.'s busy schedule, I'm like, I don't know this about that. Happening. And oh, I happening. was reading the Collider.com article that Matt Goldberg wrote, and he even pointed out that that sounds a little fishy because Robert Downey Jr. has done other projects mm-hmm. between MCU movies, so... I, do you think that this is going to happen at all? And do you think the delays could have been like maybe they just couldn't crack the story? I just want to respond to one thing you said in there, which Uh-oh. is I watched Snatch and Lockstock in the BMW short film at least 20 times okay. each. So as old guy Richie, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you, 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 one of you had pointed out something earlier, which is in between the MCU films, he did Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. One and yeah. two. So I, it, I don't know. It could be bogus. I think it could be cracking a story and getting the script just right. Because yeah. that could be a big issue when you're trying to, and then especially knowing you're not going to have the same director anymore. I think it might have been known that Guy Ritchie wasn't going to do, they didn't want Guy Ritchie to do the third one. And then you're like, all right, now, so what type of script do we want to have? An, there's so many different variables that can happen with this. Uh, this movie was supposed to, this movie has been talked about happening for a while. Yeah. But now that we have a date, because that's, I think that's a big telling thing right there. Not only do we have a director, we have a date of like November 2021, if I'm not mistaken, December 2021. Yeah. So we have a date on it. So like those things are more promising than anything than just the, hey, it's talks of it still happening. Yeah. Is it at all possible that Robert Downey Jr.'s involvement in MCU just got stacked? Like his responsibility well, got stacked harder and harder? That was time? the thing. I mean, what was the release in the first Sherlock Holmes movie? 2009? It, it was not the same that time was right after back, back yeah, then. Yeah, that was right after Iron Man. So like right yeah, right after so, Iron Man. So there was time. There was a little bit of time. And yeah. Sherlock Holmes 2 as well. Yeah. So then it was just... was 2011? Right around Iron Man 2. Yeah, but then after that, MCU just like... It just well, took exactly. off and then he had to do it. Exactly. And it's like with those MCU movies, you got to think about the massive time commitment that goes into just making the movie into production. And then on top of that, you're obligated to do so much, much press. press. <laughs> so I can understand if the guy wouldn't want to jump right into another Sherlock Holmes movie, but... I don't know. I'm kind of, after all this time, I think I'm just so curious that I kind of want to see it pan mm-hmm. out. And if I can't get Guy Ritchie back, Dexter Fletcher gives me more hope than most, especially hot on the heels of Rocket Man. But yeah. I'm just, I'm still not all that convinced that we're ever going to see this movie. Well, what I felt about Rocket Man was this. Like, I didn't love it like everyone else did, but what I sensed was this is a bold director. Mm-hmm. And it takes someone with, like, bold vision to go ahead and go forward something especially something else something someone else has done and to make it his own it takes someone like dexter fletcher well, to do it, I also think. how he is affiliated with bohemian rhapsody yep. and have you ever seen the movie eddie the eagle no i heard that is amazing I, that whatever year that came out i don't know like 2014 or something that was in my top 10 of the year that is one of the most inspiring sports movies i've seen in recent years i highly recommend it if you haven't seen it okay okay good i'm glad i put something on your list i'm All so right. scared to hear you judge it now <laughs> All right, let's. <laughs> you know, you're you're intense. Yeah, I don't know when there's a good time to ask this question, but I'm Uh-oh. wondering: will they ever bring Indian films to Comic Con? You think? Ever? Hmm. Because they're getting a, bigger and bigger. I was at the Stunt Awards. That's a good question. I, I was at the Taurus Awards, and they presented Indian films at the Stunt Awards. Is there is there any uh, like a big Indian film festival based in the states? Uh, yes, the I, I think it's called the IFC, uh, Indian Film Festival, Los Angeles, or something. I forget what it's called, but it's that. Yes, there is. I mean, maybe maybe if there was a comic connection, I don't understand why they would close the door. Well, we have action films showing up at Comic Con all the yeah. time, mm-hmm. and there are huge films coming out of India all the time. One in particular in my mind, off the top of my head, is called Saho. 
huge, huge action film that's mm -hmm. like Mission Impossible level. It's crazy. And I'm like, how do Americans not know about this movie? It looks bananas. So I'm just like, that's, I, I thought I'd pose that question. I know. I, I like the sound of something like that. And that's part of the reason why I like the festival circuit so much. Because, yeah, there's big famous festivals like Sundance and TIFF. But there are so many little ones all, like, all across the country that are either specific to a certain area that they're placed mm -hmm. in or that represent a certain kind of film from a certain group of people or a certain place in the world. And the fact that we have all those is what makes them accessible and what's help, helping to spread the word. And right. the more of that we get, the better. So if that the next step for that is San Diego Comic-Con. I think that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I think they could start to pitch it and just start pitching to have the little presentations at the smaller, you know, the smaller panels and whatnot and go from there. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, I don't know if you know any of the filmmakers responsible for these movies, but they should submit for panels. Yeah, yeah. just submit for the panel. Yeah. Okay. And then once they do that, and then if the reaction and the crowd noise is good, then they say, okay, you had the smaller room. Let's move it to these bigger ones and so on and so forth. Yeah. Granted, they may not get a Hall H or Ballroom 20. But you get the, ne the next best thing behind it. I don't know. You get something Indian in there. You get a lot of Indians there. I mean, there. you get a lot of Indians there. I, this <laughs> yeah. is very because the, the population is immense. over Hall H. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that Believe happen. Me. All right. Let's take some questions from the live chat. Uh, let's go with, all right, we got to talk about Space Jam. Kings Portcal says, do you really need Space Jam 2? Do we really need anything? I try to stop saying. <laughs> I try. Oh God, <laughs> Cody! I thought Cody the studio was burning hole. down. <laughs> okay, can I can I respond with a, with a, a, a similar thing? Toy Story Four. It was that was that was a comment people had on Toy Story Four. We never needed. Yeah, like, dude, we really, really need. It's like we don't need any movies to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, that's, so, so stop well, with that question. That's what I, I think, get. That's what I get hung up on. And the that conversation is also back in full force because of Lion King, yeah. which hey, I'll admit it's a beat for beat remake. But I walked out of that having enjoyed myself. So did we really need? Did we really need another interpretation of the Lion King that's so close to the source material? Maybe you could say no, but I enjoyed my two hours in the theater. I bought Zelda for both the GameCube and for the Wii. It's the same exact game, just higher, better graphics. <laughs> so, you know, yes, the answer is yes, we need those things. We, I just, we, we need entertainment. Space Jam 2 is just like, okay, the whole thing was the Monstars, Michael Jordan who couldn't act, LeBron Jordan now who we, don't, we know he knows how to act by flopping, and I, LeBron James, excuse me, and I just don't know what to expect. But I know one thing, we'll probably get a soundtrack similar to what we got in the first one, and then everybody will have their own I Believe I Can Fly play to the graduation from ever now, because that's where the first one came from. Okay, given you said, okay, Michael Jordan, Space Jam 1, yes. who, who, if, if someone said Space Jam 2 to you without any of the information we've discussed, who's the first uh, basketball player that would pop into your it's head? It's actually LeBron. Really? Yeah, because I would it, probably okay. go Because the same it has route. to be the top player of the game. Okay, that's fair. For me, it was Kobe Bryant. Like, that's the first place my nope. brain always went to. <laughs> nope. Why? I'm trying to see no Kobe Bryant. Why, 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 why? Give me, you know what? Give me Shaquille O'Neal. He already did, uh, what's that, what's that genie movie? I know, Kazam. Kazam. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said it. Give me Kazam. <laughs> Give me Kazam. We gotta go here and stop the Monstars. They playing basketball. Bring in Charles Barkley, Kenny J. Smith. No, this. all I want to see is two hours of Shaquille O'Neal eating hot food. That's what wings and stuff. You didn't see that video? He, he, there's this no. video of him eating hot food, and he's just, like, crying. He's just crying, um, sweating okay. profusely. Yes. All right, well, now I have an agenda after the show, I guess. Yeah. The reason we're bringing up Space Jam 2 today, though, is because it was just announced that Don Cheadle, of all people, was cast in the movie. That but came as but Don a pleasant does, surprise. Don Cheadle has done a lot of fun roles. Do you remember Rush Hour 2? Yes. Oh. When he was oh. in, 
Remember yeah. when he was rushed out too? He was a black man that owned a Chinese restaurant that had gambling in the back, yeah. and he had so much fun with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. So it's like to see we're so used to seeing Don Cheadle as War Machine in some of these high caliber films. Don Cheadle does fun stuff. Again, if you've never seen the funnier die Captain Planet, it is the greatest thing ever. I also do think that the War Machine type of humor could mm-hmm. actually Work. suit a Space Jam two movie, like him having a back and forth <laughs> with like an animated Looney Tunes character. I love like the that. way he had it with Brie Larson when she first got here. Yeah. Look here, we about that superhero life. We don't think yeah. like that. Something like no, that. I think, I think Don Cheadle's a genius. I think I think he can do it. I, yeah, I he's awesome. I believe. I, I won't. I'm cool with Don Cheadle. I have yeah. no problem. I'm here for Don <laughs> Cheadle in any movie. It's also because we're so far removed from it. And I think uh, I can't remember which outlet broke this story, but I think they said that this movie would serve as almost like a, a way to reinvigorate the Looney Tunes franchise. And that to me seems like it might need that for the wide movie going public. So with that in mind, I I have hope that this is going to be kind of like a because we also haven't really seen anything like the original space jam like nothing that kooky and crazy so i don't know i'm all for it what was the last time we seen the movies with the animation like that space jam like who framed roger rabbit you know what was the last time we seen something like that it also feels like like space jam pokes fun i mean i granted i have not revisited space jam in recent years but it feels like space jam like pokes fun at that format a little more like it doesn't take itself so seriously and that's why it's got like a zany charm that works right and then after that we can have cool world too have Have what cool Cool world stop what is cool world (laughs) he gets it oh no what's you never heard cool world World? oh my god now i'm gonna starting brad pitt and he's in no, love. I've never he, seen he, that. He's dating a, a girl that's animated. He's dating an animated girl. Ro- bring back Roger Rabbit. Bring back all these things. Now, if you bring back a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I'm happy. Just <laughs> yeah. make sure you bring back Bye. Christopher Lloyd as yeah. Judge Doom. He's got to be that. Yeah. When I killed your brother, yeah, no, no, I remember. I talk like- wait, wait. So now I'm gonna watch this. What was the other thing you just said that I'm supposed to watch? Oh, oh Shaquille O'Neal eating uh, hot food. Uh, hot food. Okay, yes, that's you my have afternoon. So you, you give us highbrow, we give you lowbrow. Eddie the Eagle, and look yeah. what you passed back to me. Yeah. You guys suck. But watch Cool World. It'll be worth your time. Your whole weekend is gonna be like I don't know what happened. Pretty much. Let's get one more question in. All right, I see the word crawl, so my eyes just drawn to it. I'm sorry, guys. Supersonic cool one is asking, "Will Crawl be this year's the Meg?" The, the Meg, the Meg made a nice chunk of money. I don't necessarily know if it's going to match it box office wise, but Crawl is a far superior movie. Both of those are. I don't even want to cr- call. Oh, that's hard to say. I don't even want to call Crawl a B movie because mm. even though it's embracing the pillars of a B movie and the idea of having a lot of fun with this like wild, crazy survival horror scenario, mm-hmm. the craftsmanship in that movie is through the roof. So it isn't necessarily a B movie, but both of them are gunning to achieve the same thing. And I think Crawl is just through the roof compared to the Meg. What's the name of the film company? It just escapes my brain right now because the lights are on and the you know cameras are rolling. What's the name of the film company that does all the very smart B uh, horror movies for cheap? It makes a butt Blumhouse. Of money. Blumhouse. Is it like Blumhouse in the in terms of the quality? I don't know anything about Crawl. No. Um, if you know anything about Alexander Aja as a filmmaker, I would think that would be the better path to go down. Okay. It, it it's. It's tense. I mean, you're just telling me a movie about a hurricane's happening and alligators are eating people. That is pretty much all I need to know for this movie. Oh, okay. I did see this commercial. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's all. It's a hurricane has brought alligators in. Look, we have an alligator in a lagoon in Chicago Chicago in the hood. So I'm with seeing this movie right now. I'm happy ending this episode (laughs) by leaving you with Crawl. And I'm holding you to it. I want to get your thoughts. I will go see it this weekend. I promise. Okay. 
Okay, we have a deal. It's caught on camera. It's a done, <laughs> the glow done thing. from your face about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for today's episode of Movie Talk. Chabby, thank you for visiting us. As always, Jay, thank you for your time today. I'm always Cody happy. in the booth, thanks for helping us out. And Dorian in the live chat, too. Guys, please, if you wouldn't mind, like and share this episode of Movie Talk. And we are going to have more Movie Talk for you tomorrow. And then get ready for next week because there is going to be so much Comic-Con coverage on the channel. We always got you covered, just like tomorrow. Friday fun day 3 p.m pt live check us out then Stay little chico pitbull mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you you know the biggest risk you take is not taking one it's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.